2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Do You Read Me? Um, I am Annie Davis, and I am a singer, voice actor, and I'm really excited to introduce our guest speaker. I'm going to check and see if she might be here. You'll have to bear with me because this is the first time I have actually hosted You said her name was Christy? Elise. Um, Elise oh, yes, Arsenault. Yes, I did see that. Yes, yes. Fantastic. Elise, could you, could you raise your hand, which is Alt-Y? It would be easier. Or just unmute. Unmute would be best. Which Hi, is I'm here, Annie. There she is. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and read um, Elise's bio. Um, I couldn't be more excited. So just to kind of give you a little background, I had the privilege of meeting Elise on Clubhouse earlier this summer. Um, I had just recently got, I had been working on recording an audiobook, and I happened upon this Global Actor Lounge, and they were talking about audiobooks. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to have to check this out. And so I uh, had the privilege of getting to know Elise, and we've had several conversations, and um, she's very committed to making her programs inclusive and accessible. I know the question has come up time and time again um, from several blind folks, especially when we have had NLS narrators, you know, as to, you know, how could we get involved in the industry? So that's what I'm hoping that we're going to discuss tonight. So I'm going to read a little bit. Uh, I'm going to read Elise's bio. Elise Arsenault is a an award-winning actor, um, audio book narrator. Okay. Um, boy. <laughs> oh, award-winning actor, audio book narrator, producer, director, uh, performance career coach. She is the founder of The Global Actor, known for bringing focus, strategy, and direction to actors' careers so they can live where they want and work when they want. Her course, The Great Audiobook Adventure, takes actors to their, through the craft of narration, how to build a solid home studio at any budget, and competitive marketing to open doors with publishers. Her clients have won Earphones Awards and their, for their narration and are featured on the rosters of all major audiobook publishing companies. A graduate of the... I hope I'm doing this justice, goodness. A, a graduate of the British American University Drama Academy at Oxford and George Mason University, Elise holds a Certificate of Vocal Pedagogy Workshop at the Boston Conservatory. Elise's acting and directing credits range from national tours to television, commercials, to video game work. With over 150 audiobook narrations, she is known for bringing passion with her storytelling. 
Elise has appeared on many podcasts and summits and is a contributor to Backstage Magazine. Elise, welcome. We are so happy to have you. So if you would like to um, talk a little bit about yourself and then we'll open it up to questions and, um, you know, all that good stuff. Thank you so much, Annie. Hi, everyone. I'm so honored to be here, truly. Um, this is a privilege for me. And um, yeah, a little bit about myself. So I am... I found audiobook narration about seven years ago. I was performing primarily in regional theater. And um, at the time, I was thrilled to be acting so much on, on in theater, but I, I was not making the kind of money I wanted to make as an actor. And I figured there's got to be some way, there's got to be some way outside of series regular on TV, which is like, so rare to get those opportunities, but there's gotta be some working actor thing. And so that's where I, I did some research and came upon voiceover as a, an interesting opportunity as an actor. And I'm also a singer. So I had a lot of voice training. And um, so voiceover was the way for me. And then within voiceover, um, audiobooks is really where I got going. And as I did, um, I just, really realized what an what an awesome opportunity to get to tell stories, to connect with people and to use all of the acting training I already had. Um, and then a few years into audiobook narration, I just wanted to share what I had learned about narration with the rest of the industry and whoever wanted to learn about doing it. So my course, The Great Audiobook Adventure, really kind of takes you through the A to Z of the process of how to get going and working as an audiobook narrator. And I'm also just really interested in furthering the conversation of inclusivity um, wherever I can. So honestly, it's been such an, such an, an exciting journey to learn from Annie. Um, and I am here, I am an ally, and I'm excited to fight some of the fights we're gonna fight together, <laughs> Annie. Yes. Uh, it's going to be exciting. So um, starting this conversation about accessibility, and I feel like I'm just one person. So, and I know that many people have expressed an interest in becoming narrators. Um, and I know one of the things we talked about was having an accessible um, payment option. Um, like that was one of the first things that I ran into, like for payment of the course, um, mm -hmm. like maybe talk about what you have now and if people want to give insight as to what has worked for them in terms of payment options. Oh, sure. Do you mean, um, that's a good question. I'm not actually sure if I know the answer to that. I, or, or should I speak through like, we yeah. can talk about what you're using now, um, for, for payment options. Um, yes. we, we don't have to talk about the cost right now until, until people switch. Yeah, we actually did make a switch. What's been so great is that Aunt, as Annie's been going through my program, she's been giving me notes along the way. And so, yeah, one of them was the payment option just wasn't working on the platform that we have. So we moved to a, an option called uh, Thrivecart. And so we were able to do um, a one, one payment plan or multiple payment plans through that. And it's a way more accessible platform. And, it, and that that is just one example of the kinds of changes that we're making. Thanks to you, Annie. And if anyone else has, uh, because she's constantly updating the course, and uh, if anyone has any other ideas of what might 
you know, if that works well for you guys or what would work even better, um, please feel free to raise your hand. Um, Danette, did you want to go over the commands yeah, to raise hands? Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so to raise your hand on a PC, it's Alt-Y. On a Mac, it's Options-Y. To mute and unmute, it's Alt-A on a PC. And on a Mac, it's Command-Shift-A. On your iPhone, to raise your hand, it's in the lower right-hand corner under the More Options. Double-tab on that and keep swiping until you get a raised hand. And, and to mute, mute, it's in the lower left-hand corner. And on a touch-tone keyboard, keypad on a, on a phone, <clears throat> to raise your hand, it's star nine. And to mute and unmute, it's star six. Do we have any hands? Um, let me see. Oh, Annie, do you want me to start the recording on this? Do you oh, yeah, please. please. I didn't know if you hadn't. <laughs> Recording in progress. Okay, those that are muted, you do have to go get the got it. So just to let you know. Let me see if there's any raised hands. I'm, I'm also curious to hear if anyone here, I don't know um, who's here tonight. I don't, I don't know you. So if anybody wants to share a little bit of your background, I'm curious to know if we have performers or lovers of audiobooks here and I'd love to hear like how audiobooks may have impacted your life at all and and if this sounds like something you might be okay. curious about getting into okay. narrating starting to get the raised hands good one you can unmute You're still muted. Goodwin? Goodwin? Oh, oh Goodwin. Oh, there she goes. Goodwin. Hello. Oh, can, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. Hi, Goodwin. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. Well, I have done uh, quite a bit of narration because I do a weekly radio show for the local station here, uh, KTRT. I live in Washington, the state of Washington. And the show is called The Woman in Black, and it focuses on a story each time. And I uh, select the story, and I select music, and I script, you know, around it. And so The Woman in Black is a fictitious character that I have created. She's a lot smarter and stronger and braver than I am. And um, she has a pesky little sister, Gwynerva, who is, uh, uh, whereas the woman in black looks angular and uh, is tall, Gwynerva is bubbly and curly-haired, and she tries to help and causes a lot of trouble doing that, and uh, does it deliberately. Anyway, so uh, I uh, always wanted to be... Uh, an, an actor, a radio actor. Of course, uh, that's. I was always told, told, uh, told. Well, that's not going to be. How fast can you type there? You know what I mean. Mm. <laughs> so um, anyway, um, so I have done it here because this is a small town, and the radio station is volunteer driven. And I got in, and I started doing the Woman in Black, probably. 2002 been doing it ever since wow so, yeah 
That's amazing. Thank you. Goodwin. Um, so I'm in interested in whatever, you know, uh -huh. to, uh, if I could turn it into something, I could l make some income, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds great. So, so Goodwin, I, I, I love your story. First of all, um, I think there are a lot of limiting beliefs and you've probably all come up against limiting beliefs from, from other people your whole life, I imagine. Yeah. And, and I, I, I've wanted to be an actor my whole life and my family didn't really, my family's lovely and supportive, right, um, but. but, but, but they didn't think it was, uh, something you could do to become a working actor. And, right. and I've been able to do that. So I, I really encourage anybody who has that to make it happen. And you've already done that for 20 years. You've yeah. been doing this show. That's huge. And you already have a portfolio of work. So I would say like, you're already in a good place to just, it probably just needs to be marketed and figure out, um, who the people are that you need to get to know to do more of this kind of work. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to connect with you and, and, okay. and see if yeah. I can help you with that. All right. Great. <clears throat> Yeah. And I'm wondering, Annie, what would be the, what, what do you think would be the most helpful thing? Do you want me to share um, my course website or my email address? What do you think would be best? Well, what we typically do on these calls is um, send an email to community at acb.org and um, request you know, the information from me and I'll be glad to pass it along. Great. Yeah. Should I send that to you or should Goodrin send that to you? Goodrin, you can, you can do that. Send an email to community and um, we'll hook you up. Awesome. Okay, very good. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for sharing. Anne Harrison, you can unmute. Hey, Annie, and um, Hi, welcome. Anne. Hey, um, so I don't do audiobooks. I am not good at reading Braille out loud, aloud <laughs> um, in public, I will be honest. But I do run a podcast, and I have worked with an audiobook narrator. She narrated my poetry. So, and I am a, and I am definitely an audiobook connoisseur. I do, you know, Bard. I do Audible, and I I listen to Kindles, but it's text to speech. But that's even improving. It's not the same. No, it's not. But it's actually <laughs> anyway. But so I absolutely love audiobooks, and I can and I can tell. You know, when you got a good narrator and when the narrator's eh, okay. Um, so. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. So you're a writer? You wrote a trilogy? I didn't write a trilogy. I wrote a poetry book, but I am working oh, on a mystery. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's so cool. And I work with, um, um, her, her narration, her narrator name is Lillian Eves, but, um, she also goes by Lily Rowe. She's an author. She's a writer too. But they, she and her co-producer, they, they are awesome audiobook narrators too. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's great to know. So Lillian Eves, I'll check her out. Um, yeah. And what's Graydon Schlichter too? Say that again. Check out Graydon Schlichter. I mean, uh, Vincent Lee Grayson. That's his audi audiobook narrator, narrator name. Uh, they work together. Vincent Lee Grayson. My podcast is called Inspirational Journeys: Stories That Matter. And I basically talk to authors and, um, a, a, well, I've done a few artists and entrepreneurs, but I had both Lillian and uh, Vincent on the show um, to help launch my poetry, the audio production of my poetry book. 
That's um, amazing. Last year, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Are Thank there... So as far as audiobooks, um, you, you had mentioned you can tell when it's a good narrator. What do you what do you look for in a good narrator or, or when is it not that for you? OK, good voice inflection. I mean, you you can I mean, there are certain like exposition and things that that you can read, you know, with with really good voiceover. But, you know, just as I don't know if it would be a conversational tone, just a soothing tone. But when there's dialogue. Mm-hmm. an emotion in there I want to hear that emotion I want yes. the narrator to make me feel that emotion yes mm-hmm. I completely agree and and as um Annie's learned through our course I when it when there are multiple characters in a book I like to cast the characters in my head I like to think of like other voices that I've heard before that might be like that person so that if I am doing a book with there sometimes there might be 20 to 30 or even more characters in that I like to really just try to get clear on each one. And if I've heard a voice that matches that personality, I definitely um, like to cast that and then I'll record that and kind of make this little voice library for each book. Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not that good at reading out loud and I am not an actress, but I've been told that I have a voice for radio. (laughs) I love your voice. Yeah. It's really bright. That's really cool. And another thing I can tell is when, and I listen to podcasts too, so um, I can tell when a podcaster is scripting their show and when they're not. I mean, Mm -hmm. some some people are really good at reading their scripts, so you can't tell. Mm -hmm. There are others who I'd rather they not script. (laughs) And I don't (laughs) script mine either. Cool, cool. I love that. I think there are so many different kinds of podcasts. There are some that are like interview. There are some that are story-based. Which one is yours more like, or is it different? Well, I do interviews, but also when here lately, I've had quite a few interviews, so I haven't been able to do them, but I do um, some solos. But like I said, since last, since, Oh, I'd have to go look back. Um, at least November of last year, maybe even sooner. I've had a string of interviews these past few months. Amazing. But I love it, though. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming on to talk to the community. Yeah, my First pleasure. Culture, you can unmute. And maybe you can interview Elise on a future show. That'd be amazing. Hey, I love that. I asked Cindy to contact me. Annie, give her the ACB community thing. Yes. And um, ask, ask Cindy Hollis to get you in touch with me. Yeah, yeah she we will. Can set that up. We can set that up. Don't worry. Excellent. Okay, Chris. Okay, I am unmuted now. Uh, I think. Yes, yes, yes I you am. are. Okay. Well, um, I have listened to audiobooks aka talking books since I was about five years old I love them and um, over time well I read to my sisters I, I read children's books I read adult books to friends of mine that you know whatever and for years I just found that I enjoyed using my voice the same way those talking book narrators did well, uh, one of my sisters, years after I started using talking books, 
probably I was in my 40s maybe or late 40s at the time um, my sister um, suggested that she thought it would be interesting if I did go into voiceover and I, I said well yes I would love to do it but I need to practice my braille reading mm-hmm. um, I read fast when I read to myself but I don't read fast I, I don't read quickly speaking words as I'm reading braille so I had to practice that and I did, and then I uh, became aware of some websites. One of them was the one that I really, really worked with for a while. It was a man named John Florian, and he had a um, forum kind of thing that people could go in, or people could make recordings and go into his website and upload them, and then fellow students and professionals to some extent would work with all of us on our on our um, recordings and what they sounded like mm-hmm. um, I uh, I had um, a well my uh, my husband and I went through the great layoff of 2008 to whatever it was and Mm -hmm. on and on and so it kind of gave me a little bit of a gap but then that just gave me the time to really realize that what I wanted to do was and do want still want to do is to be an NLS narrator or even um, some kind of uh, a, a commercial narrator for uh, audiobooks. Yeah, if I can add something to that, Chris, um, mm-hmm. I one thing that I uh, have mentioned to Elise and others, like when I was little, I used to read out loud. I just, little picture books that I had, I would literally I sit in too. my bedroom and read yep. aloud. And that mm-hmm. actually helped me to hone my braille skills. And I really do believe that if, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the practice, you know, not only, you know, if more blind people break out into this industry, not only is that using our voices, but it's also promoting the use of Braille. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. like more than people yeah. realize and giving mm-hmm. back to a community mm-hmm. that has served us for so many years. And I, I well, just... I've improved a lot over time. I still I'm a perfectionist, I, you know, but but I maybe I'm better than I think I am. But but I, I have improved quite a bit. I've tape recorded so many, so many things. And just just done what I could. I also listen to podcasts, and I don't know that I would um, be the intro and outro person for the podcast, but I, I do enjoy them, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, you might check out The Great Audiobook Adventure. I hope you will. Keep on improving. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Chris, that might be a really good fit for you. And and one of the first assignments that I have for everyone in the course is to start reading out loud 20 minutes per day. Um, because whether whether you're uh, you're reading Braille or or not, I think it's challenging for most people to read out loud at first because they're not in the practice of it. They probably haven't read out loud since they were maybe in school yeah. or like younger kids just learning to read. Well, so, finally, yeah. the last thing I have to say is I was very impressed by one of the greats in voiceover who said, um, 
the eye, the brain, and the mouth have to coordinate with each other, and you've got to practice to keep that going. That goes for the fingers, the brain, yes, and the mouth amen. as well. So mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Jason, Smith, you can unmute. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Annie, thank Hi, you Jason. for doing this podcast. I'm the, not podcast. I'm sorry. I've heard the word podcast so much in the last few minutes. Yeah. I guess it well, got stuck in my brain. Right on. <laughs> but, but, Elise, thank you for being here tonight. Uh, to me, this is a fascinating, very fascinating topic. Um, I've always loved books, any any form I could get them, braille, audio, it really didn't matter. Uh, but I never considered being a narrator. Uh, I, I guess in my mind, blind people were the ones read too, not doing the reading. So it just never, it never occurred to me that that was an option. Um, so when I heard about this call tonight, I knew I had to, I had to be here. <laughs> oh, amazing. Do you have any questions about it or like what comes up for you? What brought you here tonight after hearing that? Like, did it surprise you or is it something that you're interested in learning more about? Definitely something I would like to learn more about. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm one of these people once I first when I first start looking into something, I don't like to ask too many questions because I don't know where to start. Mm. Uh, and I'm sort of in that position here. I don't even really know what intelligent questions to ask. Uh, um, but, but I am definitely interested in learning more. Um, learning how to how to investigate more about the option jason i i want to tell you that one of the things that elise offers to, through the great audiobook adventure is a monthly q a and you can ask literally any question it's a really great learning opportunity to ask as she puts it questions you probably didn't even realize you had and you might even be inspired <laughs> by others other questions that oh yeah i didn't even think about that right and don't right. you jason don't you uh, do some web designing aren't you no um, no I, that's web accessibility? not me Okay, that, that's else. not me. <laughs> um, un unfortunately, Jason is a very common name, so uh, um, it, it. I think that may be somebody else you're thinking about, but uh, but yes, I, I definitely would enjoy learning more about it. Um, Great. So, what I guess I, guess I could send a, an email to to community also requesting the information? Yes. Is that, okay. Yep. I'll do that then. Yeah, I look forward to talking more about it. And you're not alone. Most people uh, haven't even thought about audiobook narration. It's really one of those things that I've been doing it for years now. And I think most people don't realize how how many people are, take, are taking in audiobooks. Um, last year, um, there were 71,000 audiobooks produced. Oh and goodness. and that's like twice as many as two years before that. So audiobooks are really, really, it's an industry that's just continuing to grow and grow. So so that means there's more and more opportunity. 
I also love to see any any field of endeavor opened up to to um, people who are blind. It's any opportunity I feel is a good one, as long as it's legal, of course. But you know, <laughs> so. Yes, of course. But thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for this tonight. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Jason. Sir, you can unmute. Melissa? Oh, sorry, I did not hear my name. <laughs> you you kind of sounded faint there, Danette. It's okay. Um, but hi, uh, Annie. Good evening. And Elise, is that how you say your name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Hi, it's a pleasure to meet you. You too. And God bless you for being here. Um, so just to give a bit of my background, I have, and I'm from Berrien, Washington, originally from Mississippi. Um, so um, I have done stage acting, of course, since I was a kid. Um, I haven't done it since high school, and I really miss that a lot. And I've been totally blind since birth. Um, and here in the Seattle area, we have a radio theater company um, called Jim French's Imagination Theater. Jim French was a wonderful radio personality here in the Seattle area. He passed away a few years ago at the age of 89. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he that was the name of his company. And I was supposed to act in an episode of The Adventures of Harry Nile, which is a private detective um, show I was supposed to make my acting debut, but for one reason or another, I was not able to because I was not a member of the union. And as a result, I couldn't do it, Mm -hmm. even if it was just that one time. Um, However, I still have an interest in doing like radio type acting. Great. And um, that's one of my goals. And I too would love to have your contact. Um, I do have Annie's contact. So, um, but I would love to contact you to, talk with you but i'm just curious if you could share a little bit about just kind of your life story are you blind are you sighted you know those kind of things and just how the heck did you get into all of this because i don't think you touched on that at all thing yeah for sure and i'm gonna mute myself thank you so much for being here god bless you oh you're welcome melissa and i think narrating audiobooks might be like just what you need to get back into your acting again um yeah so a little bit about me i am sighted and so um to be honest, meeting Annie was a really, really interesting meeting. And I'm so honored that like it brought us to where we are today and having this conversation right now. Um, I basically grew, I grew up knowing I wanted to be an actor my whole life. And, um, but my, I'm one of five kids and, um, on a, one teacher's salary growing up. So my parents were like, uh, you're going to try to go through school and go to college. And if you uh, still want to be an actor, you can be an actor after you, you go to college. Um, and I had to put myself through college, but still uh, that was that was what they wanted. So uh, since I was a kid, though, I was like, ah, let me grab every acting opportunity possible. So I acted in school plays. Um, I sung in choruses. Um, I'm also a musician. I play cello and trombone. And my dad was actually a band director. So the music was always very important in my family. And so um, I went to college at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. And I created my own degree. And I would say 
it's right around when I look back on my life now, I started to realize I started really questioning things and the way things were done in college, in high school. Um, there, there was something in high school that um, our courtyard was closed because there had been a shooting like maybe a decade before I went to school. And so our courtyard was closed, but it was a beautiful courtyard. And I, I was like, the, I was the class president um, of my class in my junior and senior year in high school. And I talked to the, pre the principal of our school and I was like, why is that closed? Can we get it open as like a senior privilege? And we ultimately did. And so that's just one example of me just questioning why things are the way they are. And then when I was in college, I wanted a, a degree that didn't exist in my college. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of got um, led on to believe that there was musical theater at this college that I went to. And they had done musicals before I got there. But the whole four years I was there, they didn't do a musical theater piece. Um, they had an opera program. They had straight theater. So they would do plays, but not musicals. But I wanted to do musicals. And so... I kind of challenged the theater department and I was like, musical theater is just as serious. It should be taken just as seriously as other plays. In fact, if I look and see what professional actors performing on stage are doing, probably at least half of the stage work for professional actors is musicals. So I questioned that question that I, I did a senior thesis that was all about um, musicals being uh, a serious piece of art uh, that should be a part of any theater program. And the name of my piece, Wicked, had just come out, the Broadway, uh, the Broadway musical Wicked. And so the, the name of my thesis was Defying Gravity. And so it was just me questioning the administration as to why they did that. And it turns out the year after I left, they started doing musicals and now they have a musical theater program at my college. <laughs> So I've, I've always been someone to challenge and it's and maybe it's I'm the only girl. I have four brothers. So I've been like pushing to like be heard a lot um, throughout my life. So I, I'm finally realizing that that's something that's in me and um, I want to do what I can to make the, the world a more accessible place. I'm I was I'm really shocked at um, I, I shouldn't be shocked, but I'm I'm really I take so many things for granted and um, just the conversations, again, the conversations I've been having with Annie have just made me think, wow, there's so much more accessibility needed in this world and we can't really count on the government to do it. It has to be individuals. It has to be private companies that do it if, if, if the government is not going to be making all of these accessibilities um, possible. So something we did, um, that's just like a little bit of my background. Um, uh, after college, I, I basically worked as an actor for a decade in theater. And then that's when I started getting into voiceover and audiobooks. And um, my company, The Global Actor, is really there to support actors and folks who have the dream to do acting work. And then specifically audiobook narration, there's just so much of it out there that a lot of actors can be doing this work and paying the bills this way, um, but they just haven't heard about it. And um, yeah, we diversity, inclusion, 
equity, all of that's really important to our company. Um, so I think that's a little bit about me. Let me know if you have any follow-up questions. I hope I answered your question, Melissa. Okay. Um, 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 can we go? Connie Bakeman, you can end me yeah, just to let you know, I think we have time for about two or three more, and then I want to get into a highlight. We're going to be, uh, the two of us are going to be reading some of our samples. So, okay. uh, Connie, go ahead. Hey, hi, Annie. I, hi, Elise. Thank you for doing this call. Uh, so, I mainly got on this call to support Annie because she's a friend of mine, but um, I don't have a acting experience per se. I was um, interviewed on a radio show a few years ago called Books and Beyond, and they interviewed me about my job teaching English to immigrants. But more recently, I joined the Special Education Task Force of American Council of the Blind, and the chairperson assigned me to moderate this podcast to interview two teachers. Um, that was definitely a stretch for me because I have never moderated a podcast in my life. And like the other two ladies um, who talked about Braille, I don't read Braille aloud very fast either because I didn't learn it till I was a young adult. But anyway, um, the, the extent of my acting experience was that I did some creative drama and some puppetry, but that was when I was, was much, much younger. But anyway, I don't know if I'm interested in pursuing um, audiobook narration as a career or as a, you know, something to do, but I am. I'm definitely interested in hearing more about it and, and learning more about it. And I've been told that I have a fairly decent sounding voice. So yeah, thank you very that. much. Yeah. Your voice oh, and I've done, great. and I've done some singing too. I've, you know, sung in musical productions and choirs and done a little solo work and I'm hoping to do more. Oh, thank so you so great. much. Yeah. You're welcome, Connie. And I, I'll, I'll share something that I share. I have an, a free introduction class to the great audiobook adventure. And in that I mentioned that if you're a singer, you already have like 75 to 80% of the skills you need to do this work. And so what we teach is really the 20 to 25% of the other stuff. But if you know how to use your voice as an instrument and like diaphragm breathing and creating characters and enunciating, articulating, um, you're and, and just expressing through words you're already ahead of the game in so many ways. Okay. Do you want to take another hand, Amy? Yes, for sure. Okay. Anthony, Corona, you can, Mr. Streamer, you can unmute. Hey, thank you. Um, I have a comment and a quick question. My comment, first off, I'm almost six years into being blind and finding audiobooks. Uh, I've been reading since I was three years old. So, but I love a book in my hand and finding audiobooks was, it helped save my life, I have to say. My question is, um, I've been, I have a weekly podcast on ACB radio as well, and I've been working with Shane Salk Productions. We're writing an audio drama that is going to be helmed completely by blind and low vision folks. And I want to voice one of the characters and his advice to me was to take some improv to learn characterization even better is that something that's helped you as an audiobook narrator especially in those books where there's lots of characters and lots of different voices yeah anthony thanks for asking and congratulations on this this is really exciting um yes improvisation has definitely helped me so i actually studied improvisation with um there's a group in LA called the Groundlings. Yes. And 
I don't know if anybody knows Pee Wee Herman, but that character came from the Groundlings and my wow. teacher founded the Groundlings. So that like, that's just one example of one character that came out of a class at the Groundlings. And so I studied with Gary Austin, the founder of the Groundlings for about um, six years. And I would say he transformed my acting experience. It's not only with creating characters, but also being very comfortable with just being just being human and not apologizing for just the instincts that we have within us. Is, is improv part of your course? Um, it's not, but what we do teach that around character development, if you have like, I, I would say improv, there are opportunities for you to get improv experience but if you have that improv or you can actually practice improv within the course, um, there's character development training. So basically we recommend, I, I recommend every week you record a few samples. And so if it's characters that you're working on, I would, I would recommend that you do a piece that has a couple characters and then you, you share it and get feedback and then you do another take of it. So there's so much, um, there's a lot of just recording and sharing with other folks and getting feedback and then recording again. And so you're really, you're not only getting better at the craft, you're also getting better at the actual act of recording. And there is a lot of tech that is involved mm -hmm. in audiobook narration. And so you get to practice that so that that's not a big obstacle as you're moving through. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, I th I will take one more if we have any hands. Oh yeah, we have about six of them. Oh Cheryl? my goodness, how exciting! <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh hi, this is Cheryl. Is it? Hi Cheryl. Hi. Um. So I suppose I have a question. I maybe two questions. Um. I'm not an actor at all, but I <laughs> I am curious about. And Elise, if you could talk a little bit about sort of the process of, I mean, how do you find jobs as a um, one, the, um, what do you call it, voiceover, mm -hmm. and two, as an audiobook narrator? Yeah, great question. Um, so for voiceover, I... I work with an agent, but I also build outside relationships. Um, but for the purposes of this conversation, I think it's probably best for me to just share about audiobooks. And then some of that will also relate into voiceover. I, I consider audiobook narration within voiceover. So for audiobooks, um, and I teach this through my process, it, build relationships with publishers. So basically what we do is first we work on translating the craft of acting to the craft of narration. So even if someone's on this call and they're interested and they don't have an acting background, that's okay. What we'll first do is just get you comfortable with a craft of narrating and recording and building your home studio and all of that so that you're ready to go and do this work. And then the next step is building relationships. So you don't need an agent to narrate audiobooks, which is really great. You get to just build relationships with individual producers and publishers. So once you're comfortable with it, one of the marketing material, what, what you basically do is build marketing materials, which include an audiobook demo. Those are going to be samples of 
for instance, uh, different things that you would narrate. So there might be a cozy mystery could be one sample that you do. Another could be young adult. Another could be a children's book. And so you'd make a variety of recordings that kind of show off your range and show off what you do best. And then once you've got that, then um, I encourage you to do reach outs and I train you on like the best ways to reach out to publishers and where you can find out their contact information and all of that and really build relationships over time uh, so that you're getting direct offers and you're getting auditions. Um, And that's kind of a big overview of what it looks like. And once I'm working with a publisher, if I do a good job on the book, chances are they're gonna hire me again. So the first company I ever worked with, um, their name is Tantor Audio. And the first job I got from them was actually a four book uh, romance series. And then they liked what I was doing. They gave me another book and another book and another book. And now I'm like a hundred books in to my work with them. Um, And then I've also built uh, relationships with other publishers. So my students of the course are doing similar things. Does that answer your question? Let me know if you need it, anything clarified. It did. It did. Thank you very much. Awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome, Cheryl. Okay, I think we'll take questions till about maybe 10 till the hour and then you know, we can leave time for a sample. So I know we have several people um, who have their hands raised. So I want to make sure we that as many people as possible get the opportunity to share their um share their comments and questions and whatnot. You want the next person or are you going to swing? Yes. Next, next person. person. Okay. Just a minute. Nine, area code 914. You can unmute. I need to rename them. I have a suggestion when we're done. So, two. So. Okay. Should I... Should I start? Yes, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Hi. Um, I've loved, I'm a Braille reader, and I'm a pretty good Braille reader, um, and I have loved reading out loud ever since I was a little girl. And people have told me that I should go into, uh, like, narrating and stuff like that, and uh, I'm very interested um, I my my forte is reading to children because I I go into different public schools. Well, not this not now because of COVID, but um, I've I go into different public schools and talk to them about blindness. But I also read a lot, and uh, I read little picture books and I read um, chapter books for maybe fourth or fifth grade or whatever. And uh, again, it's something I love to do. This is Pam. Uh, and I, I'm very interested in uh, following up on this. Is this Sounds Pam? Good. What is your name? Evelyn. Evelyn Ryder. Okay. Thank you. I will give you a name. Sort of a phone number. Okay. Didn't you had a suggestion? Well, good. So what's, what's my that? next step? What's the next step? What do I do? That's good. That's a good question. I, I'll give you like something that you could start with right now. And then um, Annie can share how to get the information to connect with me further. Um, but a, a little assignment you could do over the next week, just give it a try, is reading out loud 
for 20 minutes a day. And if you have something you can record with, um, you could hit record and just, just start reading out loud and see how it feels and think about who you're talking to. So the way right. we, the way we read to someone who might be, um, five is going to be different than someone who <laughs> might be a romantic interest is going to be different than the way we might talk to a parent, which is different than the way we might talk to a grandparent. So play around with who you're reading to and see how that influences some of your choices. And then another thing is, um, if you're not already listen to audiobooks and pay attention to how narration shifts from genre to genre and also how it shifts when it's in first person where the main character is telling the story versus third person where it's like an outside perspective and start really just kind of listening and analyzing that way and then yeah if you want to continue this conversation I'd love I'd love to so um Annie I, I noticed um Gudrun was also asking the information um, cause this person wasn't in an open document for note taking when the address was given out. Would it be possible to share that one more time, Annie? Yeah. Um, to obtain the information, send an email to community at acb.org. And you know, I will be happy to provide the, um, information for anyone who requests it. Community at acb.org. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So, I, Danette, I'm not sure what your what your suggestion was, but I was thinking in an effort to move it along, um, why don't we go into sharing some samples? And I'm sure everyone is anxious to hear. Um, and I know Elise has one prepared and is getting very good at um, sharing computer audio. So wow. why don't we transition into that point? Awesome. That's great. Um, so I'm going to share this sample of a recording that I've already done. This is, um, it's called Pumpkin Spice Up Your Life. It's a, mm. it's a kid's book. It's for like middle schoolers and it's really sweet. I'm actually just wrapping, I'll, I'll finish narrating a book tonight actually called Hot Cocoa Hearts by the same author. So, um, this is by Suzanne Nelson and this is just a, this is this is a relationship between a couple kids in middle school and uh, a lot of the action takes place around this coffee shop that has a competitor across the street and they're trying to save this coffee shop. Um, so let me just see if I can share my audio and we'll give this a go. Okay. Unite. Daniel held an espresso portafilter aloft like a brandished sword, while Brandon whooped in solidarity. Marley, also behind the counter in his apron, nudged Daniel with an elbow. Powderhounds make coffee. He raised a scolding eyebrow at Daniel as he poured espresso beans into the large silver brewer. Marley was like a surrogate uncle to Daniel, and he loved to razz him as they worked side by side. I'm on it, boss. Daniel said with his winning smile. Daniel had such a calming effect on anyone. He could have turned Jaws into a harmless guppy. Marley chuckled. I do actually need to talk to you, though. So let's chat once the line clears up. I wondered what Marley needed to talk to Daniel about. But before I could ask, Daniel turned to me and said, Your usual? She never gets anything different. 
Elle ran one hand through her long, blue-tipped black hair while absently practicing her French horn fingering against her knee. Elle was petite, with long-lashed obsidian eyes and bronze skin that I envied. My own pale skin betrayed even the slightest blush and turned fiery crimson whenever I was upset or angry. Fiercely smart, Elle was the first chair French horn at our school, a force to be reckoned with when it came to her trills and multiphonics. You know, Nadine, you could get something besides Daniel's Pumpkin Spice Supreme. It'll never happen. I was a diehard creature of habit, and all my friends knew it. I couldn't practice my cello without first playing my favorite D and A note double stop. And I couldn't drink a pumpkin spice supreme at the snug mug unless Daniel made it. In fact, Daniel had invented the pumpkin spice supreme, a rich, creamy fusion of nutmeg, cinnamon, and pumpkin just for me. Daniel could brew some of the best coffee in Woodburn, but it had only been since the start of this school year that Marley had agreed to let Daniel help out at the snug mug every afternoon. You're always sneaking behind the counter to mix up some new coffee concoction whenever I turn my back anyway, Marley had told him with a laugh. Really, though, I suspected it was one of the unspoken ways Marley had of looking out for Daniel. Marley had been good friends with Daniel's dad way back when and had a soft spot for Daniel because of it. Plus, lots of kids in Woodburn had unofficial jobs of one kind or another anyway, because most of the businesses here were family-owned and operated. And Daniel was a hit at the Snug Mug. His recipes were daring, outlandish, and fun. It had all started, though, with pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice is so predictable. He told me on his first day as a barista when I tried to order one. Everybody drinks it every fall. And you are definitely not everybody. You deserve a one-of-a-kind drink for a one-of-a-kind nady. That had been a month ago. And since then, the Pumpkin Spice Supreme had become a local favorite. Now... As Daniel steamed the milk and pumpkin puree together and poured them over the espresso in the special you-had-me-at-cello coffee mug he kept behind the counter for me, I thought back to how Daniel's coffee talent had begun. I was in second grade when my mom left. She'd walked out the door with a blunt, I want sidewalk cafes, cappuccinos, and grand adventures, not being snowed in for seven months out of every year. After that, I became convinced that if I could learn to make a capu whatever, I could get mom back. Daniel, who'd lost his dad in a car accident when he was too little to remember, wanted to help. So, in his typical larger-than-life fashion, he decided we'd learn to make dozens of coffee drinks to prepare for Mom's return. After school one day, we walked to the snug mug to ask Marley if he could teach us, and he agreed. In the end, though, it was Daniel who had developed the coffee talent, while I fell in love with the cello. Here you go, Daniel said now, squeezing a spiraling mountain of whipped cream atop my coffee. He added three anise seeds, a cinnamon stick.
Wasn't that great? Thank wow. you so much for sharing, Elise. That was outstanding. Thank and you. I had always wanted to, you had told me about pumpkin spice up your life, and I'd always wanted to hear that and how cute that it <laughs> makes reference to the cello. I know. I loved that book so much because I'm a cellist and I was playing cello a lot at that age. So that's something I really love about audiobook narration is um, oftentimes I get to connect when I'm reading about like children or high school or middle school, I get to go back to that and kind of relive some things or heal some things sometimes. And um, I just get to learn so much through, through the books I read. Yes, I learn from the best. And so um, now, um, surprise, I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to read, I'm going to be sharing a sample that I have recently recorded. So several years ago, well, yeah, way back when I was in seventh grade, I can't believe that was over 20 some years ago, I was in forensics, uh, this many Many of you might be familiar with forensics, the speech and debate sort of thing. So I got to do prose and I read a piece from Matilda. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to perform it in the final, um, the final conference. Um, so I'm really excited to read a sample from Matilda. Release bio dot zoom inbox at download re inbox inbox network Annie Jaws VL reproduce Elise bot zoom inbox downloads down Saints Matilda MP3 All right, nine here of sixty seven. Enter. By the time she was three, Matilda had taught herself to read by studying newspapers and magazines that lay around the house. At the age of four, she could read fast and well, and she naturally began hankering after books. The only book in the whole of this enlightened household was something called Easy Cooking, belonging to her mother. And when she had read this from cover to cover and learned all the recipes by heart, she decided she wanted something more interesting. Daddy, she said, do you think you could buy me a book? A book, he said. What do you want a flaming book for? To read, Daddy. What's wrong with the telly, for heaven's sake? We've got a lovely telly with a 12-inch screen, and now you come asking for a book? You're getting spoiled, my girl. Nearly every weekday afternoon, Matilda was left alone in the house. Her brother, five years older than her, went to school. Her father went to work, and her mother went out playing bingo in a town eight miles away. Mrs. Wormwood was hooked on bingo and played it five afternoons a week. On the afternoon of the day when her father had refused to buy her a book, Matilda set out all by herself to walk to the public library in the village. When she arrived, she introduced herself to the librarian, Mrs. Phelps. She asked if she might sit a while and read a book. Mrs. Phelps, slightly taken aback at the arrival of such a tiny girl unaccompanied by a parent, nevertheless told her she was very welcome. Where are the children's books, please? Matilda asked. They're over there on those lower shelves, Mrs. Phelps told her. Would you like me to help you find a nice one with lots of pictures in it? <coughs> Matilda said. I'm sure I can manage. From then on, every afternoon, as soon as her mother had left for bingo, Matilda would toddle to the library. The walk took only ten minutes, and this allowed her two glorious hours sitting quietly by herself in a 
cozy corner, devouring one book after another. After she had read every single children's book in the place, she started wandering round in search of something else. Mrs. Phelps, who had been watching her with fascination for the past few weeks, now got up from her desk and went over to her. Can I help you, Matilda? She asked. I'm wondering what to read next, Matilda said. I finished all the children's books. You mean you've looked at all the pictures? Yes, but I've read the books as well. Mrs. Phelps looked down at Matilda from her great height, and Matilda looked right Jim Vaglia has left the meeting. I thought some were very poor, Matilda said, but others were lovely. I liked the secret garden best of all. It was full of mystery. The mystery of the room behind the closed door, and the mystery of the garden behind the big wall. Mrs. Phelps was stunned. Except Diana has left the meeting. She asked. Speech on four years and three months, Matilda said. Mrs. Phelps was stunned more than ever, but she had the sense not to show it. What sort of a book would you like to read next? She asked. Matilda said. I would like a really good one that grown-ups read. A famous one. I don't know any names. Mrs. Phelps looked along the shelves, taking her time. She didn't quite know what to bring out. How, she asked herself, does one Full speed. a famous grown-up book for a four-year-old girl? Alt F4. Meeting con- Zoom. Zoom. Elite. Meet. Inbox. Re-inbox. Inbox. Network. Annie. Jaws up. VF. Reaper. V. Spot of four. Zoom. Elise. Bio. Meeting controls. Okay, so I see some people were checking the time. I do want to let you know we have a half hour. I allowed an hour and a half for this call. So I apologize if people were thrown off. Nonetheless, I hope you enjoyed that and it brought back memories. I loved it, Anne. Annie, that was yes, great. very cool. Thank you. So, Danette, you had a suggestion? Um, <clears throat> that's only on your, on your next Zoom when you, when you do Zoom again. <clears throat> to mask the phone numbers. Okay, I apologize. Um, so, we do have a half hour. Uh, does anyone right. else have any questions yeah. or final thoughts? Ann Brash has her hand up. Yes, I just wondered... Um, if a person were to get uh, a job or um, some kind of experience reading, would, are the books provided in Braille or do would we be getting them or how does that work? That's a good question. I would, um, Annie, how are you, are you open to talking a little bit about your process? Because I'm not sure what that looks like. Well, so I'm fairly new to this. So when I am offered a job, they would send manuscript. Well, I so I just got done reading um, Apple Batter Up, and I don't know if uh, Cheryl is here. Well, the other um, the author of that is here, but so I had received the manuscript from her in a text file. I and I would say, I know a lot of times the publishers will send files in PDFs and PDFs are very hit or miss. So if you possibly can ask them to convert it to TXT or RTF, you know, they are, I, don't, I see no reason why they shouldn't be able to do that. But they're and, not in, in Braille. So how do you, um, how do you go about doing that? Or 
What does that look like for you, Annie? What you can, well, what I do, because I have a Braille display, one thing that you can do if, if it's sent to you on the computer, you can put it on an SD card and put it inside your, your Braille display or whatever note taker you use. Um, or you can hook your computer up to the Braille display and read it straight from that display. Provided, of course, that it is an accessible format. Great, thanks. Erin called 386, you can unmute. Tell me who you are so I can rename you. 386, you can unmute. Would you say what that area code was? Uh -huh. 386. Tell us who you are, please. Uh, yeah, that, that's probably me. Um, I'm just so excited. And I what is your name? Do another... Oh, Marcia Summers. I'm from Daytona Beach. Okay, Marcia. Yay, welcome. And I just, I just want to say that I've learned so much from, you know, from ACB with the different things that are happening. Right now, I'm intensely working on Braille. And I have RP and going from low vision to complete blindness, probably. And um, and I had I, I love audiobooks. I love the narrators. It never even occurred to me that I could be a narrator. So I thank you for opening that, you know, that up to me. And I've been a musician now for forty years, and so, you know. The singing, as you say, is, has to have the acting in it. So mm -hmm. it's just a gift of chance for creativity. And, and I've always had people in the audience that I could touch through singing and playing piano. And I can't see them now. And, and I'm 78 and I don't go out anymore. So this gives me another avenue to touch people. So thank you for having this. It's just great. And the other question I had is, when you were reading that book, um, did you have a chance to read it first that, so that you could get your ideas of who was talking and how you wanted to say it? Yes. And I'll, I'll mute now. Yes, Marcia, thank that. you so much for sharing tonight. And thanks for asking the question. Yes, um, when I get a book that I'm going to record, I read it all the way through once. And I make note of the characters, who they are, uh, what the author says about them, what they say about themselves, what other characters say about them, so that I've got a good idea of who they are. And then I come up with how, how I think they might talk or it, or like I said before, I, I start casting them and I think about, okay, if this were a film or TV show, who would I cast as this person? Um, and then um, I also make note of pronunciations. There might be words I don't know that I need to look up. Um, so I do that in the prep as well. And I just kind of take note of what's happening in each chapter so that when I go to record, I already have some notes for myself so I can then just kind of allow myself to play and be in the moment in telling the story. Okay. <clears throat> One of the things that happens with my grandchildren is their teacher um, had a class in making stories up as you go along. And if we were talking, I mean, I don't know whether um, I could read something, you because know, I, I still need to learn voiceover. But, but in his class, you had to make up the story as you went along. And what okay. a great thing. 
that was. Yeah. You know, because my grandchildren said, okay, Grandma, tell me a story. After I took the class. Grandma, tell me a story about a king and a queen and two princesses and they have two horses. Oh, my and gosh. I had to make I had to make it up as I went along. I was keeping them busy in the tub while Mama cooked breakfast or supper or supper, I guess it was. And I, I went home for, you know, I'm th- three hours away. And I went back six months later and they loved it so much. They wanted me to continue the story. Oh, so, so, so in, so in making up a story in this reading every day or just making up a story, it gives you that opportunity to be creative Mm-hmm. and to do voices and to have whatever. So yes. I think both are very valuable. So 100%. Anyway, I'll, 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 yeah, thanks for I'll, sharing I'll, that. I'll yeah, and that actually um, brings up what Anthony was talking about earlier about improv and improvisation. And Anthony, that's a great thing you could do is give yourself a challenge to just make up some stories. Um, because when you're doing when you're doing this work, you just have to trust that your imagination is active. So that's something you can do to just start activating your imagination and using it on a daily basis. Yeah, I'm taking improv classes right now as well, and that's helping out. And at least one of the things that we we have a um, writing call every Friday, and one of the things we do is round robin storytelling, and that really gives us a chance to put our creativity to use. We do that oh, at least once that. a month. You might like to come in and observe one of those calls. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Al Argo, you can unmute. Thank you so much, and good evening, Annie. And Hi, Al. So good to be on this call. I joined about 30 minutes late. I was on another community call, and but wanted to jump on here as well. So I have a quick question. Uh, I, at least I'm an author. I've written 12 books, eight of which are published. Two more are coming out very quickly. Uh, four of my books are already on Audible and iTunes. Of those four, I narrated one. And it was a lot of fun being in studio. And uh, the reason I didn't narrate the others for a couple of reasons. Number one, one was like 14 hours long and I just wanted to do other stuff. And mm-hmm. but, but here's my question. In your course, mm-hmm. you go over and Annie, this is also for you. Annie, are you recording in your home? And, and if not, uh, Elise, are you recommending that we go into a studio what what's that look like? Because again, for me, when I rented the studio, it's not cheap. Right. And, and so if I'm, if I go onto a platform and I elect to, you know, there's platforms out there that we can use to narrate, um, you know, where we can like bid for jobs. And I know mm-hmm. that platform, but I've never done that because I don't want to go rent a studio. Are you right. teaching? First of all, tell me about your course mm-hmm. and tell me how we can you know, get more information about that. And number two, are you teaching and covering how we can do this in our home like a lot of narrator, narrators possibly do? Yes, 100%. We're going to 100%. Um, a big part of our course is teaching you how to put together a home studio and get it up to industry standards so that you can do this work from home so that it can work for you and it can be as affordable as possible. I'm so fortunate to be joined in my course by my partner who's an audio engineer. So he's a sound engineer. And so he helps. He's always up on gear and finding like the best um 
the best microphones at the lowest cost that's that are going to be the best industry standard so his name's justin mara and so like with our with our thoughts and powers combined we we really do give you um we take you through both our the video training of how to how to um start shopping for equipment for your studio how to start putting that studio together and then um how to make sure that your sound is up to industry standard. And Annie definitely has done that. And she's worked with Justin specifically because Annie, you had a couple of challenges. I don't know if you want to talk about that, but it was awesome to just see you just with tenacity, just moving through the challenges that that came up in your home studio to now it's at industry standard. Oh yes, I, I will. In fact, one of the very first, one of my biggest concerns when I started this whole voiceover thing was, oh crap, they're going to hear my braille display. And I'm very stubborn. I'm, st- I'm not saying that I don't use audio prompting, but I'm very, very stubborn and very much a promoter of the use of braille. But I thought, well, if they're going to hear my braille display. That's going to be a distraction and heck, it's a distraction to me. So I had this um, condenser mic that, eh, did the job for the commercials that I was memorizing, but I needed something that was gonna do a better job rejecting noise. So Justin actually helped me find a, a dynamic mic, which is the one that I used to record Matilda. And you know, when we work together and plug that in, oh my goodness, what a difference it made. You didn't even hear the braille display. So I, my recommendation would be a dynamic mic versus a condenser mic all the time if you're going to use if you're going to use a braille display and then um al to answer your question about my course um it the my course the great audiobook adventure takes you from um really strengthening the craft and learning the craft of narration um building a home studio that is industry standard and then um learning the whole bit, the business of who to build relationships with, how to build relationships, where to network, how to network. And then once you have the work coming in, how to professionally and effectively do the work so that you get hired again and again by the same clients. Yeah, very nice. And how do we sign up your course? You I might think- actually, Elise, if you want to give uh, the website, we are allowed to pr- uh, do yeah. websites, right, Danette? And then they can contact you through that website. Perfect. So if you want to give that URL, then people can yeah, contact totally. you that way. So basically, um, I have a free class that you can sign up for. It's going to be opening up in a couple weeks, uh, probably mid-February. Um, so if you go to audiobookadventure.com, so that's www.audiobookadventure.com. And then uh, there's a free intro class that you can take. And then at the end of that intro class, if you want to sign up for the whole course, I'll give, I give you information for that. And then that your email address will be available on that site. Um, my email address, well, should I just give my direct email address? I'm happy to do oh, that. The, I'll give that through the community. Okay, perfect. Websites yeah. we can do. Great. Sorry. Thank you for the information, Elise. Thanks for taking your time on Sunday evening to, to do this. Annie, thank you for introducing us to your friend. And I'm just excited. I just love this. Again, I'm a big, uh, you know, uh, obviously most of our community listens to audiobooks, and um, and so I just I've been promoting that one platform, but uh, but it's so much bigger now. I realize than Amazon and Audible, we have a lot of lot more. Uh, there, there's just a lot of opportunity for all of us. So thank you for being willing to to teach us and and to oh, be yeah. here tonight, Annie. Thank you both. 
Thank you, Elle, and, and congratulations on all your writing. That's it's really awesome that you already have an audiobook under your belt. It's so been cool. a lot of fun. I, I I do I do kids books, and then I do I do three genres. I do uh, children's literature, children's just books, just just short books, thirty two pages, uh, which is industry standard, and then I do inspirational type books, and then I do personal professional growth books. Those those are my only three genres. That's awesome. That, that I write, and I would narrate. I would narrate. Uh, a lot of different genres. In fact, some people tell me I have a, a lady's voice. I hope not, but no. I, if I can make it work, why not? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you, you'll you need to uh, be able to do voices of all different kinds and all different uh, genders or non-binary characters. So Annie it's good to have a range. Good. good job, Annie. And again, great job, Elise, as well. Thank you. Thank you, Al. Chris, you can unmute. Okay, um, I'm going back to the um, lady, I think it was Ann Brash, who was talking about how to get um, books or voiceover narration or voiceover of any kind mm -hmm. into Braille if it's given to you in print. Um, I found that at least with the shorter scripts and, and demo type um, little pieces of books that I was getting during my, my um, forum classes, you know, that I, that I told you about with this, with John Florian, who, who um, helped us with communal work, you know, working together in um helping each other out with voiceover. And the way I did it, it was rather complicated. So you wouldn't want to do a whole book this way, but, but I went into the website where the scripts were located and I pick out ones that I wanted to use. And then I would um, put them, uh, put them into my Mac computer's text edit feature and it would be RTF. I usually use RTF when I use that. And then I would braille from there and I would have to do it line by line. I called it the braille ballet <laughs> and I would read, you know, like a phrase at a time and put it together. I had a whole notebook at that time of scripts and, um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's one way it could be done. It might be, you might be able to do it with a braille display, you know, just, um, um, copy it for, or, or listen to it with your computer and then braille as you go, um, to get it into the braille display, um, something like that. It would take time, but it's worth it. Yes. Anything that you love that takes time is worth it if you love what you're doing. Yes. I also was a singer. I did not mention that, but I was a professional singer. So I liked all the things you had to say about that. Awesome. Yeah. Do you right. want to talk to them about the, the vocal health pack, Elise? Yeah. Yeah. I actually have. How um, get, how they yeah. Should it? I share that link with you too, um, Annie, to share with folks? 
Yes. Well, you can just give them give the URL how they can access yeah, it. Yeah. Let me see if I can grab that URL. So I actually mm -hmm. have a um, a mini course that I'd love to just give folks as a gift, and um, it's it takes you through my favorite habits to keep your voice healthy all the time, mm -hmm. and also some of my favorite warm ups. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd love to gift, gift that to you. It might just take me a moment to grab that link and then I'll tell you what the URL is because I think I need to turn it into a bit.ly link. Hold on one second. Mm -hmm. But maybe while I do that, we can take another question. Annie, what do you yeah. think? Goodwin, yeah, but yeah, you can unmute. Okay, uh, I'll mute then. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes. yes. Okay, so I have done everything under the sun when it comes to getting stories because I was not given assignments. I was creating my own show, so I have read uh, anything from the novels to short stories. And uh, so a lot of the times I, I used uh, uh, Bookshare sometimes. I used uh, the web, uh, downloading stories. And of course, then you have the delightful pleasure of cleaning up um, things like hard carriage returns that are formatted for print, which will uh, make a, you know all these lovely short half lines on your Braille page. You know, if you have a Braille display, so uh, I learned uh, to use search and replace um, assiduously. I do have a Braille embosser, and that has been uh, my saving grace because then I, I uh, like Annie, I did not want that Braille display click. And you said the dynamic mic, and uh, Annie, right? Yes, yeah. and another yeah. thing that I've learned to do is I put the Braille display on my lap so that it's further right. away from the microphone. Right, uh, and yeah. that's made a difference as well. That makes a difference. Um, it, that doesn't work for me because I have a mixer situation, a mixer with a microphone and everything. And so I, I'm standing at it. So I can't, you know, f for this particular thing, but uh, uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good trick. And I use that for interpreting when I do that. Yes. But so, uh, yeah, so getting a, a Braille, uh, one thing you can do uh, if you have trouble finding something on the web and it's in an impossible format, you can, of course, contact Ira and have them help you with converting so that you get a, a text document. Oh, I use Ira constantly. Yeah. And sometimes you can simply uh, collect, um, take the, go to the website with the story, uh, select it and plonk it into Word, uh, into Notepad, because then you get rid of some of that junk, you know. So that's another way you can do it. Uh, so, uh, and I, I have, uh, I've also borrowed um, books from the library, the Braille library and <laughs> balancing a book on the, on your, uh, with your stand and near your microphone and everything. It's, it's an interesting experience, but um, my husband had built me a little uh, pull out sliding kind of table with a, two edges on each side that, that are perpendicular or standing up so I can rest the Braille book against that so that so that helps it keep it upright and so forth. So um, there you have to be willing to do quite a bit of work to get the material. 
you, you have to develop uh, book acquiring muscle. Okay, that's very important. <laughs> so that's, yeah. We do have That's a few minutes. Um, Elise, I noticed that you put the link in the chat, and I, I just want to remind you, we actually don't typically use the chat for that purpose. Oh, so sorry, can... sorry, sorry. I saw that there. That's why I was. I saw folks chatting there. Sorry about that. I can just share it out loud. Yep. Yes, that would be best. I'm sorry. I don't because know if I can delete that. Okay. Um, so the vocal health pack, if anybody wants my mini course, um, I'm happy to gift that to you. It's um, bit.ly, so B-I-T dot ly backslash vocal health pack so that's bit.ly slash vocal health pack so bit.ly slash yes. vocal health pack and it's really great i have used some of these warm-ups a lot and it's very helpful whether you're singing narrating um is it, it's it's wonderful thanks annie is so it with pack with p-a-c-k or p-a-k p-a-c-k Thank you. It's and then the, the link Kelly, again for my free intro class is audiobookadventure.com. It's about 10 minutes till the bottom of the hour and we have a few more hands. Okay. Um, and so before we wrap up, if anyone has any other thoughts on what Elise can do, if you guys, if anyone decides to take the great audiobook adventure, like some other ideas of what, what she could do to make this experience accessible for everyone who wants to do it. Are you ready to take the last two hands? Yes. Okay, Evelyn, you can and me. Evelyn, um, you're muted. There you go. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm muted? You're good. You're good now. Yes. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, one of the things, I have a Braille Note Touch Plus. That's what I use pretty much exclusively for any of my reading. And what I've done, Bookshare is fantastic. It really is. I can't yes. believe all the books that are available on them and how quickly they become available. And I've been using them a lot. Hello? Yes. Yes. Great. Thank Thanks you so much. much. Yeah, Bookshare has a, has a lot of great selection. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you can unmute. Really quick, Annie, for you. Um, have you thought about doing narration for board for NLS? Yes, I, as a matter of fact, yes, I have, which is one of the reasons I uh, wanted to do this call. Um, in fact, once the... Um, you know, the book that I just recorded, once that gets up on Audible, hopefully it will also make it to Bard. Yeah, that would be a wonderful thing. Could you tell me more about that, Annie? What is, because um, I've heard LS a few times. Oh, NLS is the National Library Services, uh, and Bard is Braille and Audio Recorded Download, which is where... Braille and Audio Reading Download, sorry. Yes, which is where we've often downloaded some free books that we've read. Oh, great. And they actually have started to add, uh, as of a few years ago, they've added commercial books. So it's a really great resource for us. Great. No more hands are raised? 
All right. Well, I just want to close this out. Elise, I could not be more grateful to have you here. Thank you so much for sharing with us and you know taking time out of your evening to to talk with us. I know you're probably going to get a lot of contacts over the next oh, week or so. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Annie. Thanks to everyone who shared today and was here listening and asking questions. I I is I can't wait to learn more from you. So, this is it's really win-win. <laughs> Yeah, so just remember um, to get more information and to get in contact with Elise, you can visit audiobookadventure.com. That's www.audiobookadventure.com. And also, if you would like um, Elise's direct email, please send an email to community at acb.org. We will get you hooked up. Thank you so much, everyone. And thank you, Danette, for hosting. Thank you, Anthony, for streaming. This has been Do You Read Me? And um, it's been wonderful. We thank you, everyone, for a great discussion. Um, well, you know, we have about three minutes to spare. Is that a <laughs> Yep. And everybody have a blessed evening, and this will be the beginning of something exciting. Read on.